Welcome, everyone, to the Farm CPA podcast presented by Top Producer. Uh, I am Paul Neefe, your host, and today uh, we're actually going to be jo- uh, joined by Jim Rothermick from Iowa Appraisals in, I think it's in Des Moines, isn't it? or are you exactly in Des Moines, or where are you located at, Jim? Yep, our office is downtown Des Moines. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. okay, and I've been to Des Moines well, let's see this year. I think I've been Des Moines three times already, and it seems like uh, over the last five or 10 years, I've been there at least three times a year, it seems like. So uh, I, I like Des Moines area. Now, how is the sort of the dividing line, it seems like, on the rain for Iowa has sort of been that I-35 corridor east has been a fair amount of rain. West has been pretty dry. Is that what you're seeing in your area? Yeah, right. Des Moines Central, it's dry. We need rain, and we need rain now. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty dry west of here, west of Des Moines and uh, east. You know, they they've had some rain, especially down southeast and and south central Iowa. They they've had some rain down there. Uh, yeah, my. But, uh, but I was going to say a lot of heat forecast we got a lot of heat in the forecast so we, we we're going to need some more rain here quick is it what are you approaching 100 on the heat or is it in that mid 90s or what 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 are they really forecasting for right now this week like the next five days the heat index is, is going to be over 100 degrees ew, 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 ew. and i i've been in iowa when it's that and i'm that you know give me um well actually as we tape this i'm actually in phoenix at my son's office yesterday was 112 and it you know it really wasn't that bad i mean 112 when it's dry i'll take that over 95 and 95 any day yeah, well, we got a lot of humidity with this heat too. So yeah, it's it's like being in an oven outside. So yeah, corn, yeah. corn's tasseling right now. I mean, there's a lot of corn out that I'm seeing tasseling here the past couple of days. So kind of bad timing right now for all that heat. Yeah. Although I remember last year, wasn't there? It seemed like everybody thought it was fairly dry last year, and it seems like with these new varieties that they come out with, that it it takes the um, you know, the stress of not as much rain takes it better than it did maybe 10 or 15 years ago, it seems like. It did. It was a, it was a good harvest. Um, I think probably what helped that was the subsoil. The subsoil had good moisture and it carried us through to the end. And, you know, when I talked to a farm realtors confirming sales, they were saying, you know, the people that they had talked to, they were expecting 50 bushel beans and they got up there with the combine and they were 70 bushel beans. Yep. Yep. And, and the same way with corn, they, you know, before the combine got out in the field, they were hoping for 180. Well, it was over 200. Yep. And so that, that's kind of how it played out last year. Just remarkable year yields for as dry as it was. Well, now in my neck of the woods, you know, I'm based in Washington State, and we're getting ready to do wheat, do wheat harvest. Typically, wheat harvest would have started three weeks ago, but we had a very wet, wet, wet spring for us. Now, compared to other places, not so wet, but definitely wet for us that delayed the crop. But 
I'm guessing we're going to have some fields, believe it or not, that on wheat yields, and this is dry land wheat yields, of course, it's soft white, which tends to yield higher. We're going to be pushing 200 bushels an acre on wheat now. So uh, um, a couple of years ago, we had easily 175, but this year is going to be even better, in my opinion. Now, now that's not going to be that many fields, and it might only be a 40-acre field, but it's, it's still going to be pretty good yields. So, well, Jim, let's go ahead and... Let's go ahead and get started with uh, with your background. Uh, I, I think uh, b- before we got online, I, I heard that uh, you grew up in Missouri or Missouri, however you want to pronounce it. I know there's two different pronunciations, uh, but let's go ahead and go through your background. Yeah, I, I grew up in uh, Callaway County, Missouri, uh, in a little town called Avaz, and that's spelled A-U-X-V-A-S-S-E. And it's just south of Mexico, Missouri. And uh, um, so I grew up there and I grew up on a family farm. Uh, We raised Milo and soybeans and wheat and hogs and cattle at that time. And uh, they can grow corn down there now. But when I I lived there, uh, you couldn't raise corn unless you was under a pivot. And uh, everybody raised Milo on dry land because they couldn't take Corn could not take the drought uh, that they would have for the heat. Uh, But they get more rain there now, and they they raise a lot of corn. But that's that's where I grew up. I went to the University of Missouri uh, in Columbia and and got an Ag Econ degree there. And uh, uh, I intended on going back to the farm, but uh, they come out with a program at that time in the late 80s called the CRP program. And so a whole lot of land in our area went to CRP. And so that kind of stopped that idea. And um, in the late 80s, the only people interviewing on campus was the hog companies in North Carolina. Um, They were needing people out there for explosive growth in the hog business that they were going to do in the late 80s and early 90s. So I went out and worked in North Carolina for several years. Uh, managing sow farms, and and then when um, I and then moved to Princeton, Missouri, and managed hog farms there for a while, and and kind of um, evolved in the appraisal business. When visiting with a banker one day, and he was saying, "We need a, a appraiser in this area because we can't get anybody to come here and appraise these farms." So I decided that's probably what I wanted to do and I got and started doing appraisals and uh, they evolved from from that to where I'm at today. Uh, now in Princeton, yeah, now, Princeton, Missouri, where is Princeton at? It's north central Missouri. Okay. At the very top of Missouri. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and, and, s- that's, and that's at, at that time, it's where Premium Standard Farms started up there. At oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And so you were, how long were you doing appraisals in Missouri before you came into Iowa? I was doing them for about, oh, probably uh, two years. And uh, I got my experience in training down in Missouri. And then I got my certification in 2009. And then, and, and, uh, 2012, uh, an appraiser was retiring here in Des Moines, and I had the opportunity to to replace him. So that's how I got to Des Moines, is I replaced a retiring appraiser um, in Des Moines, and that's, that's, that got me started in Iowa. 
Okay. And and you're with Iowa Appraisals. So what 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 is your current role with that company? Well, we we're actually a, a commercial more of a commercial appraisal company, but I joined the team in 2016 and started doing a, their ag appraisals. So we so we do ag and and commercial. Okay. And so so I you know I'm I'm licensed in two states. Missouri and Iowa, but I, I do most most of my appraisal work is in the state of Iowa, and I cover all the state of Iowa. Okay. And okay. sometimes I go to Missouri, and and every now and then I go into another state, but not very often. Okay. And you know, and and I, I'm just curious. Of course, I I have our blog, you know, the farmcpatoday.com, and do the 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 same blog on on AgWeb and so on, but. Uh, uh, I, I noticed that you are fairly, uh, how do I want to say this? You're very good about tweeting out on Twitter uh, any of the sales that happen to occur in, in Iowa and so on. And I'm, I'm just curious how long you've been doing that and so on and so forth. Well, I started about doing that about five years ago. You know, I'm, I'm not. I, I didn't know a whole lot about social media and and what I – learn more about it i thought this is one heck of a good tool to report auction results yep so i just kind of and you know i'm not technology savvy but i just recognize that this is a good opportunity um, to push this out and let people know about it and so you know five five years ago i started tweeting results and and uh and and I try to do it as as soon as the auction's over with, and I have the results. I try to tweet that out, is because to me the the speed of that gives you you know gives it more accuracy in my yep. opinion. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, but that's what I try to do, and and people really like it. Yeah, I I have to tell a story on myself because uh, I was doing the mid or yeah the Midwest crop tour for several years. I think I did it about six or seven years in a row starting in 2009 or 2010 roughly in that time period uh, before i started doing a whole bunch of teaching during that time period and um and chris barron i don't know if you know chris barron but he's from iowa he, he and i were driving over from uh eastern iowa over to columbus ohio and as we're going along i'm taking a photo of a cornfield along the you know, along the roadside, and I would tweet out something about the corn, you know, hey, this corn looks great, or this corn doesn't look very good. Uh, but autocorrect can get you in trouble, because as I'm tweeting something about corn or something about soybeans, it changed one of my words to lingerie. And yeah. you really don't want to tweet out lingerie to a bunch of farmers, because uh, I, I think for another three or four years, I got multiple uh, comments about, Paul, hey, how's your lingerie doing? So, uh, uh, but you, you definitely don't want to do that. Right, right, right. Or you don't want to also put the wrong result out. It, it, true. That out true. Because you'll get uh, people let you know if that's not the right number, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because the, the first time I was at an actual land auction, because I'd been at other auctions, but the first time I'd been at a land auction is where I actually – ended up two years ago in the middle of the pandemic buying my land in in eastern iowa and 
you know, it was interesting because I was there. It was a very slow auction. I mean, it took forever for me to finally ended up buying this parcel. I mean, start to finish was probably 35 minutes. And then last year around Labor Day, right after Labor Day, I was actually down in the boot heel of Missouri and they were selling like eight different parcels and all eight of those parcels probably got sold in the span of about 10 minutes. I mean, it was just, you know, the difference between, you know, pandemic when people weren't interested versus last year when it was very, very hot. Um, what what do you see right now when you're when if you were to attend a land auction in Iowa, how fast is that process typically or just for the audience share what what normally would happen in a land auction? Well, you know, typically, well, the technology has changed on land auctions now. Um, there's a lot of auction companies that are doing combination live auction and online auctions, and they've also have a video yep. going at the same time of the auction. We didn't have that pre-COVID. That didn't happen. Maybe one one or two auction companies was doing that, but now they're most of them are doing that. So so that's different. So now so now you have an auction where people can bid that that aren't there and online, and uh, nobody knows who's bidding. That to me that's a big deal. That that was game changing. Yeah. Some of these auctions, but going into the uh, you know the auction setting, it's you know a room set up the auctioneers there uh typically a lot of people show up 50 to 100 people will show up for a land auction and I, and I think that's amazing because it's hard to get somebody people to show up for something but you have a land auction people show up yep yep <laughs> and, and part, they'll be there partly for the auction and partly for the donuts or the cookies exactly exactly <laughs> exactly and uh so so you get in there and it, it, you have the announcements and and some of these auctions, when they start, it's rapid fire. And and you can go from starting out at $7,000 an acre to be over $20,000 an acre where your, your gross sale price is well over a million dollars in just a yep. matter of minutes. <laughs> yep. And people are bidding without hesitation and and I, I think you know if i'm getting ready to drop over a million dollars i think i would you know maybe not be in a real big hurry just kind of <laughs> being methodical at my bidding but it's some of these auctions it's as fast as the auctioneer can go well and then and when he, they get to that point it stops it's over yeah, and yeah. oh that's that's kind of how it goes. It's it's very competitive, and then and of course you've got the online element there too, where you know the auctioneers watching what what the online bidders doing too. Is there a little bit of delay with the online, or do they wait just a few seconds just to make sure that the, that the online is is because uh, I know online, I mean as fast as you can push the the button, but you know sometimes you maybe have a little delay and on you know the thing coming through the internet and so on. I'm just curious on that. Do they try to make sure that the online audience has one last chance to make a bid? Absolutely, they do. And, and some and some places in Iowa, the internet's not very good. So they, they've got to, you know, really give it some time to let the internet catch up with the live yep. auctions. Absolutely. Yep. Now, if, they, if you got good internet connection, it doesn't seem to be a problem. But, 
right. but right. a lot of areas don't have that. So, so yeah, they've got to delay that and make sure that those online bidders are getting an opportunity. Well, you certainly went over what I call the fast auction. Now, I'll, I'll tell you about the slow auction, my auction. Um, you know, we show up, and I thought this ground would go for about $9,000 an acre. They started the bid at 5000 which I thought was reasonable. Absolutely no takers, none. They dropped it to 3000 and then finally a farmer on the other side of the room started bidding, and then I bidded against him. We got it up to 5200 and we finally, I think I ended up paying $5,600 uh, an acre for it. Now, tillable is roughly equivalent to about 6000 and I know just probably two weeks ago, um, you know, there's a listing. It's not an auction, but there's a listing on an 80 and 120 that's a mile away that, according to my the person farming my ground, says it's not good as our ground. They've listed it for $15,000 an acre. So I'm, I'm pretty happy that I ended up buying it at that price. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, there is auctions um, that, that take more time. It's typically deals with quality. If it's a lower quality farm, um, you know, people aren't as excited about bidding or, or, or a little bit, uh, maybe not as excited, but more measured and on how they bid on that. And yeah. uh, and the auctioneer and, and his uh, ringman have to work to get those bids out of those people. Absolutely. And then every now and then we'll have a no sale. But typically, uh, those farms will be negotiated after the auction. Right, uh, right, right. Well, Jim, you know, like, like, like there's an auction in Grundy County, Iowa, here not too long ago, and and, and typically those farms are are really hot. But this yep. farm had uh, a drainage ditch going through it, and it created three fields. And uh, so the farm efficiency wasn't as good as some of the other sales that we'd seen in that area, and that that was a slow slow i don't want to say slow it's slower than than a typical farm there that has you know good farm efficiency yep 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 well jim we're going to go ahead and take a quick break for a sponsor message and then we're going to come back and and go through uh, something you just announced uh, here this week so uh, we'll definitely spend some time on that so we'll go ahead and take a quick break for a, a sponsor message Get timely updates about taxation, accounting, succession planning, and other issues that are unique to farmers and agribusiness processors. Find out about major agribusiness events and how to comply with new laws that affect your business. Subscribe to Farm CPA at blogs.claconnect.com forward slash agribusiness and experience the CLA promise. blogs.claconnect.com forward slash agribusiness. Welcome back, everyone, to the Farm CPA Podcast. Uh, this is Paul Niefer, your host, and we're going to go ahead and rejoin our conversation with uh, Jim Rothermick from Iowa Appraisal. Now, Jim, I think this week, and, and this is only Tuesday, but this week you just uh, have uh, released your, I'm going to call it the semi-annual report, the first six months as far as the um, results of the average land value in Iowa for the first six months compared to last year. Can you start uh, going through some of the details on that? 
Right. So, so I keep track of all the land auctions in Iowa and I enter all that data into a spreadsheet and, and I do a, a mid-year analysis and then I do an end-of-year analysis and, and pairing, uh, and I just did the mid-year, it's up to June 30th, of, uh, January 1 to June 30th of this year. And uh, pairing it with the, the data that I had on December 31st, 2021, the market's up uh, based on dollars per CSR two point, 15%. We've had a 15% increase in six months. And I just think that is stunning. Just yeah. stunning. Yeah. Our average CSR two point is $181. And our average price per acre, um, based on 76.5 CSR2, is $13,852. So that that is just stunning and and just a remarkable land market that we have right now. Now, for our audience out there, because a lot of the audience probably isn't from Iowa or maybe not from the Midwest, um, you know, you you value this based on the dollars per CSR2. Can you explain to our audience what that CSR2 means? Okay, CSR2 stands for Corn Suitability Rating, and 2 stands for it's an updated version. Uh, and Iowa State has created this CSR2 rating. And, and so it's, it's very simple. Uh, it, the, it goes from one to 100. So, so your farm, if you own land in Iowa, you, you have a corn suitability rating on your crop land. And it's between a one and a 100. And so say, say like if, if your farm is 70, if your farm has a 70 CSR2, that means your farm is 70% of the best farm in Iowa, which would be 100%. And the CSR2 takes, it, 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 it cannot be changed. Once it's set, it's, it never changes. So it takes soil types, topography, uh, slopes, uh, weather in the area, that it takes all that into account. And it, it's a very good measure. And it, it is very relied on heavily here in Iowa and states that don't have it. it, it it's a lot harder to appraise farms in, in states that don't have it. Now, so let's say in, it, it's very rare that you find any hundreds in Iowa. I, I know there probably are some, but a typical field, a highly productive rating, is that in that 90 range uh, or 85 to 95? Or how, how would you segment it between what I would call very productive ground, productive ground, and then not so productive ground? I'm, I'm just curious on that. Oh, I'd say anything above 80 is very good, very good high rating of land. Um, and that's where we see those $20,000 acre sales. It's typically for, you know, land that has CSR2 above 90. Um, or, you know, that that's really good high quality land. And then, you know, maybe mediocre land is somewhere like, uh, you know, 60 to, to 75 in that range somewhere. And, okay. and anything below. 60s probably the lower quality land. And and we know we've had a few sales in that 20, maybe even $25,000 range. Is there certain pockets in Iowa where you typically would see that high of a, of a sale? 
Yeah, it's nor it's in northwest Iowa where we see those <laughs> ultra high, you know, north of twenty thousand dollar an acre. We're, we've had four sales in twenty twenty two of twenty five thousand dollars an acre, north of twenty five thousand dollars an acre, with no influence from development or a wind turbine. Um, it's just pure farm run. It was bought to raise corn and soybeans. And and. Would part of that be also that maybe they have a dairy or something like that, and they're taking advantage of that for their dairy operation? Or do you think it's just strictly, hey, they got the money, um, you know, they've saved it up, they don't have any debt, and and for them to buy an 80 or 160 for that price is not that big of a deal? Yeah, I think it has to do a lot with people needing a place to apply effluent from those dairy and hog farms. I think that has a lot to do with it. And there is just a lot of equity up there in that country up there. They, they've raised livestock for a lot of years up there. And, um, and not, it, nothing comes up for sale. That's one of their biggest complaints is nothing ever comes up for sale. So when, once it does hit the market and they have an opportunity, Katie bar the door, <laughs> people are gonna bid, uh, get in a fight with dollars uh, trying yeah. to get that farm. Yeah, I, I've I've been in that area quite a few times. I, I've done a lot of speaking, like Sioux Center and uh, and <laughs> excuse me, so on Orange in that area. So uh, I I know it's good, very good, productive country. Uh, one thing I noticed, <coughs> excuse me here, the number of eight, if you take the total acres sold, which was roughly almost thirty nine thousand, but you had three hundred seventy two mm-hmm. auctions, so that's roughly a little bit over a hundred acres per auction is that trend is that fairly stable or are we seeing a lot of smaller acreages get sold versus larger acreage i'm just curious on that um well one thing we've had more land come to market go to auction this year than than we ever have and of when i've watched that and i i don't think there's ever been so much land come to the market and you know for the month of june there's over 20,000 acres i don't say over almost 20,000 acres go to auction and typical for june is around 3,000 acres yeah so the higher end prices are bringing farms to the market that maybe some the the people who own that or the heirs who inherited that wasn't thinking about selling but these prices are are starting to make them think about it and so we're having more auctions come to the market um and and what typically what those auctioneers do is break those farms up into smaller pieces and try to market it uh so more buyers have an opportunity to purchase land out of that farm. So say like um, if there's a farm that was 320 acres, an auctioneer might divide it up three to five ways to get to uh, get more buyers uh, of, of ability to, to purchase land at, at the highest price they can get. Yep. So, um, so as far as, you know, that's the trend is to break those farms up to give people more opportunities to buy what they want um so so i you know i i wouldn't say the the trend right now is there's farms come to the market that that haven't been on the market for a lifetime and 
and it's also bringing good quality farms to the market. So, you know, as far as the number of acres per auction, so, you know, say like if somebody, an auctioneer was selling a 320, um, he might have that split up three ways. Well, that that that's three auctions in my opinion. Okay, okay. Now, that, I, I was going to let you put on your, what I call your crystal ball or put on your, uh, um, your prediction hat a little bit. Uh, this was through June 30th. We're almost, we're not quite through the month of July, uh, but, you know, you, you track these auctions. Do you see a lot of auctions coming in July, August, September? Do you see it tailing off a little bit? Or I'm just curious where you think the next six months might look like? I think we're going to have a very aggressive land market, auction market. Than up to the end of the year, and that's what the realtors are telling me. When I confirm these auction results, they're telling me they have got a lot of auctions on the books. And what's that going to do to the market? I I don't know. That that's so much supply, but the demand seems to be there. It, it just seems like the demand is 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 waiting for it. So you know the market. I think it's peaked. Based on uh, looking at the past couple of months, it appears the market has peaked and we're kind of leveling off. I wouldn't say we're going south, but I think we're going to have a high volume of good quality land for sale. And I'd say the market's going to hold gobble those acres up pretty easily, I think. Yeah. And um, I know that, uh, you know, we're, we're a national firm. We have, uh, you know, offices all over the U.S., including two offices in Iowa. And our discussions with like private equity people, large family offices, uh, they're all aggressively saying, hey, if you know of good farmland that's available, we're very interested in buying it because, you know, it's it, the correlation to the stock market is good. When the market's down, typically land holds its value farmland and, and it's a good inflation hedge and so on and so forth. So I think you're right, even though there's a lot of supply coming on. Um, there's still a lot of demand and even, you know, 38,000 acres sounds like a large number of acres, you know, out in our area, it, <clears throat> it's very easy for, you know, we've had a couple sales in the last couple of years where it's 10 or 15,000 acres of ground that's going for 15 to 20 grand an acre. So to me, 38,000 acres isn't, isn't that large. I mean, it's large compared to the, to the trend, but, you know, as far as the amount of money that it takes you know, it's not that large. Right, right. Yep, 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 yep. And, you know, the auctioneers will tell you, you know, in, in an auction setting, there's always, you always have a runner-up bidder and that you have at least one person that didn't get a farm bought that day that's still looking. And typically yeah. there's several bidders. And so, you know, there could be from one to five people that bid on a farm and didn't get it bought. So, and they're still out looking. So, the demand is there. There seems to be a lot of equity in the, uh, with buyers. There's strong cash positions. It doesn't seem like the interest rates have had an effect on that yet. Now, it, it will eventually, but right yep. now it doesn't. Now, the other thing I noticed too, Jim, <clears throat> excuse me, is that the weighted average CSR for the previous period that you looked at, which is through the end of last year, was a 793 now it's down to a 76.5, so it dropped almost three points. Is is that mean you had a little bit better quality 
come on line last year versus now or or is that just statistically not that material um yeah it, that that means there's better quality last year last um last year than there is right now yeah it does and, and and do you happen to remember for the last six months of last year how many acres traded hands versus the first six months of this year? Yeah, I've got that data here. Okay, statewide uh, for the year of of 2020, 90 almost 100,000 acres of tillable land was auctioned. And that's for 20 or 2021. That's 2021. Okay. Okay. So. And would typically, how's that split between the first six months and the last six months? Is it about 50-50 or is there more in the last six months versus the first six months? Typically, there's more in the last six months. Um, okay. the, the, uh, the auction activity really ramps up after harvest. So at the end of October, the auctions are really going strong. So it's typically yeah. the last six months. Okay. But it seems okay. like now we don't have an off season. It seems like... Uh, every month's auction, <laughs> a heavy auction month right now. So, um, but yeah, typically um, the last six months are, uh, are when most of the auctions happen. I, I know people ask me, hey, Paul, you're a tax CPA, and I know you have a busy season uh, through April 15th, and uh, then after April 15th, you get to relax and you don't have a busy season, and I go, time out it's busy all year round you know the you know there's there's a matter of fact i'm a whole lot more efficient during tax season than i am the rest of the year because there's just too many interruptions on other stuff going on so uh, but uh, now if you were to go back let's say three years before the pandemic hit back in 2019 uh, right now the average uh, price per csr2 is 181 what would it have been three years ago Okay, here I've got that data. Um, oh, statewide, good, good. Uh, 2018 it was 112. Okay. 2019 was 111. So the market was flat, just absolutely flat. Yeah. And then 2020, 115. So it started raising a little bit, it, and that did not start until right at harvest time of October, about mid-October 2020. We started noticing the difference, and and from there on, that market has moved up to $181 a point. So that's about a 65% increase. Does that sound about right to you? If we take yep. uh, uh, maybe 60%. So yes, uh, it definitely is. And that's you know because like I said, I, I I bought my land August of 2020. Um, you know, everybody was, you know, corn price was high twos, low threes, you know, cash price. Uh, um, you know, they really hadn't, I don't think CFAP was maybe just starting, you know, you had MFP, but then you had CFAP and then you had the rally in the pricing and, and, and actually the inputs didn't rally until 2021. So, uh, you know, farmers definitely started feeling a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing. You know, that market, was so flat um, that, and and you know when 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 COVID started, I, I go back to my blogs back then, and I I remember talking about get ready. We don't know what this is going to do to this market. It, there's a lot of downside to this right now, 
and auction companies companies were had auctions on the books. They were scrambling around trying to figure out what they had to do to get these farms sold. <laughs> and once they figured it out, got the, got them sold and got the results, it was like, well, there there's no effect. There wasn't yeah. any impact, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just like, well, that that was maybe a goof. So then another farm would get auctioned off, and it, it turned out well, it sold good. And 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 then it just then in and then in the fall it started really going. So uh, if you if I, I would have never predicted where, where we're at today uh, when that COVID hit, I, I thought this thing is going to get sick and it's it's going to be a miserable time. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I remember. Yeah, I remember right before that, I I was at a, um, a farm journal event in in eastern Iowa, and and I remember Tyne Morgan. I was on a panel with a couple bankers, and Tyne had asked uh, all three of us uh, what our viewpoint uh, for farming was, whether we were pessimistic or whether we were optimistic, and and I said, hey, I'm very optimistic. I think over the next five years, at some point during the next five years. You know, things are going to be looking up and, you know, and not realizing it was basically three months later, things started looking up. So, uh, um, but, but my crystal ball, believe me, it's, it's failed on other times too, but I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I, I, my, my glass is always at least three quarters full. So, uh, I, I, I think good, you know, like I say, they're not making any more good land. Um, this world is, we're just now hitting 8 billion people. Uh, you know, we might peak out at nine or 10, uh, but they all need to be fed. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, uh, you know, that that definitely is a good trend, especially when you have good high quality ground, which most of Iowa, not maybe maybe not the, the uh, south central part of the state, but most of Iowa has very, very good ground. Yeah, yep, yep, it does. It does. And um, yeah. And I, I'll just point out one 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 thing about East Central Iowa. They don't have high CSR2 ratings in that part of the state, but they can really raise a lot of corn. And those and some of those prices I get out of East Central Iowa, the dollars per CSR2 point exceed what Northwest Iowa brings out. So, um, so that's that's one part of the state that does maybe doesn't get enough. Um, attention uh, because they don't have those high CSR2s like Northwest Iowa, but they, yeah. they sell, they really sell high over there. Yeah. And I, I know that, uh, you know, that the yields in East Central Iowa are pretty good because I've seen them. So <laughs> you're right. And, you know, it's interesting because out in our, our area too, um, if you're in one sort of one valley, we have a lot of valleys out here. I mean, we have, uh, in Iowa, they'd be called canyons, but we call them valleys out here. And if you're in one valley, even though the soil type is exactly the same, I mean, it's Palouse silt loam or it's Athena silt loam. If you're in one valley versus the next valley, you know, the one valley might do 160 bushels in a good year. And the next valley over is going to be lucky to do 140, but it's got the same soil type, but it's got different rain. It's got different, uh, you know, the, the, the number of growing degree day units and so on can be a little bit different. So it's, it, you just can't strictly look at soil type. Right. Right. Yep. 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 Very true. Very true. Very true. Well, well, Jim, like I say, you're very good about tweeting this stuff out. You're very good about providing this report. 
for our listeners out there, how are they able to get this information or where should they go in order to get this information? Well, if you go to www.iowaappraisal.com, um, you can get on there and get my blogs. I have a weekly blog of all the auction results in a week. You can access that. Uh, and I think you can sign up for an email that will even be delivered to your inbox. And then every month, this is the most popular thing I have, is my monthly newsletter. And uh, so I put all those auction results um, on a newsletter. And so it goes out via email. You can sign up for that on www.iowaappraisal.com. And I put a little commentary in with those auction results. Um, and it's just based on what the realtors are telling me. You know, I have a lot of communication with the realtors because they want their data in my information. So they they tell me the results. And, and so they're I just put it in that commentary what they're telling me. And, okay. And that's to me, it's the most factual newsletter there there is out there, in my opinion. So. And then, how do they track you on Twitter? Oh, at the Land Talker. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 No, I yeah. definitely and and that's uh, you know I don't get too many. Um, uh, I guess you'd call them feeds. I don't know the technical term on Twitter myself, but uh, uh, but yours is one of the ones I look forward to. Okay, we've got a land result, and especially if it's near my land, yeah, I, I definitely want to pay attention to that. So, well, is there anything else, Jim, that you'd like to share with our listeners today? No, I think we're going to have an exciting land market. There's going to be a high volume of acres coming. And if you've been waiting a lifetime to buy a farm, now's your time, I think. Uh, there's <laughs> going to be plenty of supply out here and, and uh you know yeah prices are high but you only pay for a good farm once yeah that's true that's true well again jim thank you very much for uh being on the presentation today and uh, uh again this is the farm cpa podcast presented by top producer i am paul nefer your host signing off